All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. afternoon everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves here january 15th 2024 tim how you doing my friend i'm good i had a nice weekend i had uh there's an outdoor game in charlotte this weekend oh, the checkers right. were hosting the uh rochester americans it was a great game comeback win i think four to two was the final score really cool environment like the, the it was played at the uh the truest park which is like a minor league baseball stadium right downtown packed like fireworks, the mascots, they had all kinds of games and stuff going on for the kids. And it was a great night, not too, too cold. It was in like the 40s, 50s, maybe. So it was awesome. I also got to meet up with a friend of the show, a listener, Russell. Give a shout out to him. Uh, it was cool to meet him. And he listens to every hockey podcast out there. He was showing me on his phone. He's just like swiping through ones I'd never heard of. He's like, yeah, this one's good. That one's good. So it was cool. I asked him what his what his favorite was, and he didn't say ours. He listed off a couple. <laughs> I was like, "All right, that's okay." As long as you're unfortunate, listening. yeah, that's nice. Was it your first outdoor game? Have you ever gone any of the Bruins ones? Not the Bruins. Remember, I went to the one in California that you played. I was there for that. Um, yeah, other than that, first one. Gosh, our our paths have crossed so many times. I was looked. I looked up that article. We're gonna have to do that at some point. We've been talking about it for like six years now, but the blog I wrote about you in 2012 or whatever. So for those of you who don't know, Tim, when he was in college, um, just wrote blogs because that's what you did in college when you were in the tech world, right? And nobody read it, but he wrote it. And the blog is pretty much just tearing me a new one. How much you hate me? One post about you that um, right after that Louis Erickson hit, I wrote about it and didn't hold back. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a live reading because you've never seen this. You never heard it. And I looked it up the other day to see if it was still out there, and it is. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to. We'll do that sometime. Can you see how many people read it? I don't think I still have access to like the login back end of the thing. It's just still a, a live old blog that's out there. What do you Google to find it? I'm not gonna say. I don't want people to find it. Uh, oh. but it's out there after we read it. Can you tell us? Cause I'd love to, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Anyways, out. Yeah. Moving on. I'm glad you went to an outdoor game. That's cool. Before the weather hit, it's freezing cold here. I went, um, I went to a poker game last night, came first place. Very exciting. Dominated. Always a good time. And watched the lions win. Very exciting game. They beat Matt Stafford and the Rams. My bills going tonight. So that that's a big game. How about the Cowboys? Let's just go with a little football here. 
is there any franchise in all of sports that just underachieves year in and year out? Like unbelievable, just getting smoked by the Green Bay Packers. Not even close. Like it, the Packers have more you, wins than they do there. Playoff wins. Isn't that crazy? The Packers have more wins than the what? Than the than the Cowboys do at this stadium. It's like three to two. That's a stat I saw earlier. At the Cowboys Stadium? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't they the played three times to- five times there? The other stat I saw was that the Packers are the first team in NFL history to lose three consecutive playoff games where they were favored by double digits. The Cowboys. The, the Cowboys, yeah, yeah, sorry, the Cowboys. Which is just, that's like Leafs territory. That's uh, well, yeah. Bruins too, I guess. Are but, they the equivalent to the Leafs in hockey, do you think, the Cowboys? Because they're America's team. They're, you know, the, I think they're the worst, worth the most. In football, their value goes. Or would they be the Leafs' counterpart? Yeah, yeah, probably. Closest right. thing. We're gonna. I want to do a dive into the Leafs this week because they are just on a tr- train wreck of a season so far, in my opinion. Nothing is going right. So many questions, top to bottom, in their lineup. So I, I want to go deep into that. We haven't talked about them in a while on purpose because we've been focusing on other teams. But I think it's time we circle the wagons and get back to the Leafs because they are there's a lot happening there, Tim. And I, if you notice, if you're watching, I'm back to the back to the headphones. We had a lot of outrage me switching to my AirPods, so I went back to the originals. They feel better. I can hear more. It's funny the AirPods they're these new age technology. You can't hear a thing in them, so these are much better. So I'm back. I think it adds a lot to the you know it's just, it's just a lifestyle choice. Anyways, moving on. Speaking of lifestyle choices, it's not every day a 47-year-old guy goes back and plays professional hockey, let alone a guy who's just down six pints of beer the night before and hasn't really been training, gets a call from an East Coast hockey team, hey, we need you tomorrow, and he dusts off his gear, he drinks some water, gets a good night rest, and goes out and plays in a professional hockey league game. This isn't like just some mom and pop backyard game. This is a pro hockey game. The East Coast Hockey League, in the grand scheme of things, is arguably one of the top 25 leagues in all of the world. It's Terry Ryan. I'm sure all of you are familiar with this guy. He is, does he, he doesn't host Spit and Chicklets, but he's a regular contributor. He's on all kinds of TV shows. He was on Letter Kenny. We had um, Jordan Nolan on. He's on that new show. Um, Jersey. Yeah. So he he's all over the BBC or the CBC or whatever network that's on in Canada. And he just got a call randomly to play for the uh, Newfoundland Growlers, St. John's Newfoundland Growlers. And he, obviously he's a St. John's guy. I know him fairly well because I played there and I do some charity work there from time to time. And what, what a character this guy is. But can you imagine, Tim, even at your age, what are you, 33? Yeah. Can you imagine waking up? getting a call when you're at the bar celebrating your 33rd birthday saying, hey, we need you to play in a professional game tomorrow. Can you do it? Like, that's that's wild stuff. I couldn't do it. I would be so nervous I would make a fool of myself. I'm not in game shape. He just brushes it off and says, let's go. He said he went home, drank a bunch of water, and tried to sleep. It's it's a crazy story. It honestly is. Then he gets into a fight. And he's the one that chased it out, too. He was following that guy around. He really wanted it. It was really cool. He's got a cool attitude and he sort of like comes across as a, yeah, I don't care. Just I'm up for whatever sort of guy, even though you know that there's a lot more behind it, but that's the energy he has and that's how he rolls with the punches. So cool for him to see it's a cool story. 
Is there is there any scenario in which you'd do that? You'd say yes if you got that call. I don't think so. Like it, it would have to be for a either a good cause or if I really like just say Tom Sestito was on the other team <laughs> yeah. and they said you can have a run at this guy like he's he's all game. I'd be like all right. I'm like I'll, I'll but I would need like a couple weeks to get ready because I don't want to lose the fight. The night before that's a, that's a tall tall ask. But yeah, if, if there was a like a little little carrot at the end of the stick for me i would do it but just to go out there it's funny i have a my opinion on terry ryan always bounces back and forth because if you ever meet him in person he dominates the room absolutely dominates the conversation you can't get a word in edgewise no matter what you're talking about he just interjects interrupts and it's hard to talk to a person like that and maybe because that's because i want to lead the conversation i want to be the dominant one and so when i first (laughs) met him i'm like this guy sucks. Like, I don't like being around him. He's so loud. He's so boisterous. And it's just always like, just it's so so too much. And then the more you get to know him, you can kind of pick out his little vulnerabilities. Then you can see the chinks in the armor because he's so loud. But then when you, you know, you, you you pull him aside and you have a conversation, he's actually a really sweet guy. So if if you just peel back, he's like an onion. You got to peel back the outer exterior of the protection he's put on to kind of, you know, protect him from all the critics and stuff. He's actually a pretty nice guy. So it, it was nice to see him. He got emotional in the locker room. He did an interview saying how, you know, it was neat to play in front of his daughter. So good for him. Good for Terry Ryan. He, he didn't look that. I didn't watch the game. I just saw some of the highlights. He didn't look that much out of place. He's obviously in great shape. He's 47 years old. He's got a six pack. So I think that's more for the show. You know, it's more Hollywood. He looks great. I don't know. Have, have your daughters seen you play at all since you retired? Like any men's league, any tournaments or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to Buffalo one time and did like a charity game and we won the tournament. That's when I almost killed Rob Ray. And we won like this. We won a big trophy and they were all excited about it. And they saw me at the All-Star game too. So like they they saw me play in the NHL, my two older ones. Yeah. Yeah. They Nothing of nothing of note. But anyway, so let's move on, Tim, to actual hockey news. First and foremost, we had a good push for Give Better, but we want more. I'd say about a quarter of our our listeners downloaded the app. We still need the rest of you to get off your phone. You don't even have to get off your wallet because it's absolutely free. The great thing about this is that you're actually increasing your wallet. I went three for five this past week, Tim, by the way. We got to do our picks today, maybe tomorrow. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. Sign up. Download the app. You get a chance to win $100 from now until the Super Bowl. It's it's super easy. You have to make five selections on a basketball game, a hockey game, a football game. You could do it every day. You make those selections. If you nail it five for five, they give you $100. That's it. I think the only information you have to give them is your phone number. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. So check it out. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. And Tim and I are basically giving you $100. That's what we're doing. It's American. So you can do it in Canada. But it's American money, so it's worth a ton of money. Check it out, givebetter.app slash DTG. It's a super fun app. The only thing I don't understand, the players, they have weird eyes. You notice that, Tim? Do they have to do that for, like, licensing reasons? They have to change them? Maybe. It's like AI-generated cartoonish faces. Yeah. Even though they look they look real, but they're different. Yeah. It creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't like it. It's like, the, it's a filter. Anyways, check it out. I lost um, the Miami... Chiefs game because Mostert didn't run for like 80 yards. So I lost that one and I think I lost the Cowboys game. I know it's a lot of fun. Check it out. 
when you win $100, let us know. We had our winner from the tickets go to the game this weekend. What was his name, Tim? Tate Cron. Yeah, he went to the MSG game this weekend. We caught a great game. The The Rangers bounced back there on a four-game losing streak. Finally got a Winchester and played great to beat the Washington Capitals. So congrats to Tate Cron. He won great seats from the look of us. He, he sent us a pitcher like right down in the lower bowl, right behind the goaltender. Congrats to him. And we'll we'll do some more giveaways with Give Better. They're a great company. It's just a great message. Responsible gambling. So go to Give Better. Tell them we sent you. Win some money. Have some fun. Moving on to people are speaking. In particular, goaltenders are speaking. And it's always it's always mind mind boggling where you, you sit here and scratch your head. One of the most important positions in sports is the goaltender. You would think as a coach, as a franchise, as a GM, you would want to make these people happy, right? You want to keep them nice and comfortable. If you have a good one, you just do whatever they want to a point. What's going on? Because there's goaltenders in the NHL right now who are just not happy and they're they're letting people know. What what are you hearing, Tim, on the wire? Yeah, let's start in Columbus. Elvis Merzlikens um, was pretty outspoken in the media on Friday night. And so basically the, the, the summary is, before I go into the details, that he hasn't formally requested a trade but he and the Blue Jackets have agreed to find a quote-unquote new scenario for him. Now, backtracking a little bit, Merzlikens has not played since December 29th. It's January 15th. That's, what, 17 days now? Um, and Against the Leafs, he left in the first period due to an illness. And in that 17 days, he's been sidelined. I don't know if he's been dressed at all, but he's either been healthy, scratched, or a backup. He has not started the game at all. Um, and he's, he's been sat in favor of Spencer Martin and Daniel Tarasov. The second one, Tarasov, the Blue Jackets are evaluating to see if he can be a future number one. So the Blue Jackets are a bad team. They want to see what they can get out of these young goalies, and they're benching Merzlikens in the meantime, which is a little bit of a head-scratcher because I, I understand if you want to give those guys a shot, but don't you think you get Merzlikens in at a minimum like every third game, you know, like every fourth game, just to keep him fresh, just to keep him in the lineup and satisfied? If he's your number one and you're paying him like it, I understand you're not competitive, but wouldn't you want to keep him in the rotation? Like, if he's healthy, why wait 17 plus days to give him a start? It's it's very head scratching. And mind you, last year, Elvis was awful, but the whole Columbus team was very, very bad. His numbers were historically cruddy. Like, his goals against was 4.23. His save percentage was well below 8. I think it was 8.7 something. So those are bad numbers, but Columbus as a team was bad. When you look at his career numbers, the guy's a great goaltender. Like he's been doing it his whole career. He's been in the NHL. And even before that, he was playing in Switzerland for Lugano. He played for, you know, international teams. He's always put up good numbers. So they signed him to a big ticket. He signed $5.4 million for five years, I believe. That's a lot of money for a goaltender. And then you turn around and you like healthy scratch him. His, his second year into that contract on a team that is is not good. They have no chance of making the playoffs. Why wouldn't you just play the goaltender? You're paying all this money. I don't understand. Why are you trying to find the next number one? You have your number one. You signed them last year to $5.4 million. This is your number one. Why don't you try to make this work? It, it's very curious. And then to your point, why are you playing him to get his value higher if you, if you plan on trading him? So if you're Yarmo, Kekalainen, you want to get the most out of this, guys, because goaltenders are a, a wanted commodity. People need them. You think another GM is going to want to kick the tires on an Elvis Merlikens who you're healthy scratching? It, it just, 
it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand how these things work. It makes me think there's something else going on where you have an argument with the coach or he's unhappy and he voiced it. And Yarmo seems like a like an old school GM. He's like, are you going to cause waves? I'm just going to bench you then. Like, I, I don't care. So we don't know the ins and outs of this, but if they do plan on trading him, they're doing everything they can to really lower his value. So what else is Elvis saying, Tim? Because he's not, he's not taking this lying down like most players no, this, would. This is where it really gets interesting. So we spoke to the media on Friday, and here's the quote. I was a stable number one. I just jumped straight to number three. I did not like that, obviously. I don't think anyone would like that. I am healthy. I am good to go. I can play. There's nothing I can do about it. I just want to be treated as a number one. I believe that I didn't get to that point I'm requesting. It went to the point that both sides agreed. Now, I didn't speak to anybody. Obviously, that's not on me. That's why I'm paying my agent. Both sides agreed, meaning he's, he's going to get playing time. Now, what's going to happen? I have no idea. But again, this is, not, this is business, and it's not what I'm handling. I want to play. I'm not going to be a number three. I can assure you that. He's Shots fired. statement. That's like a that's a whiteboard statement. I'm not going to be a number three. I assure you that. So he's being very clear. Like I want to be number one. I'm being paid to be a number one. I expect to be a number one. I had that talent. I've earned that right. Why am I not being played? But it's a whiteboard statement to who? Do you think he's just to the GM? This this is where I stand. Fix it. Well, that's it's tough because he's he's trying to like he's trying to kind of handcuff it by saying now listen I don't I don't want to talk business I have an agent for that like he's he's doing that for me but you're you're talking business now you're 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 saying what you're worth and and what you expect from the organization and that's obviously going to have an impact you know that they're going to hear it the second you say it um, and he's not having a terrible year when you factor like you said how bad Columbus is especially considering how bad last year was he's seven eight and five losing record. But 3.25 goals against, not great, but not terrible. 9.07 save percentage. If you're above 900 after 20-something starts on a team that's this bad, like that's a pretty good opportunity for you to give your team a chance to win. And like you said, if you were giving more, more playing time, wouldn't you want to increase his value? So um, I, I like this from him. It's fire. You know what I mean? Like he, He's got the attitude. He's got – he he made a um, – analogy to uh what's his name Zlatan the soccer player the big ego with a ponytail and he's like <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not um arrogant I'm confident something like that and he's like he quoted him he's like the quote Zlatan that's what I that's how I feel so he he wants that energy he wants the pressure and he's not getting it and to be dropped from one to three that's not something you hear that often without either an injury or some kind of personnel issue so if there's neither of those things which it sounds like according to him there isn't it just doesn't make any sense. I always find it funny when people say, well, I have an agent for that, or, you know, that's not my field of expertise, or, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to comment on that, but this, this, and this. So he, yeah. he basically is either A, asking for a trade or saying, you play me now. Like, this is why I'm here. So he's obviously frustrated. I agree with you. I like what he's saying, but this gets down to the point that we made before of players just airing their dirty laundry in public. Is this good for both sides that he's doing this? Is this going to rectify the situation or will it make it worse? In my opinion, anytime you air something publicly, it makes it way worse. There's been very few situations that I can think of where either a player or a GM or a coach criticizes the other party and it gets better. There's usually always some sort of an apology or something that happens after this because he's calling out the upper management on the team right now and the coach. 
So it, I, I don't know what good comes from this. Maybe it's a, a language barrier. He's just trying to, I don't know. It, it, if I'm another GM, I'm kicking the tires on Elvis Merzlikens. I think he's a great goaltender. Like he's really good. So I don't know what the the end situation to this is. I I, I don't I don't know. If, if like if I'm in Toronto right now, Samsonov came back and they, he played relatively okay. But I I'm trying to deal Samsonov from Merzlikens right now. I'm trying to to get this guy out of Columbus. I think he is much better than Samsonov is. And he seems to be really confident, and he knows he's a number one. And I just don't know what the end game is here because they're already like they've already moved on. It seems like to these other goaltenders. Like two seventeen days is a lot of time for goaltender not to get in the net, you know. And there, there's goaltenders who get the lion's share of the play, like a Shosturkin in New York. He's still quick plays once a week, you know. If they play three or four games, quick gets in the net. Yep. So for him not to play for 17 days, that's a big deal. And he's saying he's not hurt. So I don't know. Do you see a team you can think of that would kick the tires on him? That I other than Toronto, who obviously has a need in net. The obvious one is Edmonton, right? Like the same story always with these two teams. They're still looking for legit number one. Stuart Skinner's for- playing great lately. He's playing lights out. Yeah, but if you Google Merzlikens' name right now, you're finding all kinds of rumors and articles about how Edmonton should or already is pursuing him. Um, so th- th- I'm just saying there's smoke there. So w- we could see, and, and Merzlikens, I don't know. I think he would tolerate like a split net thing on a good team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he needs to start, you know, a 60 game pace or anything like that. But it's really interesting that he goes, I'm not requesting a trade. And then he says, but we've agreed to look for a new scenario. So either is he still? Does that mean he's still holding out hope that he's going to get the net back, um, or is he, or is putting the pressure on the team to do just that, or is he just saying without saying that he wants out of town? Like, I think he wants to leave. Yeah, I yeah. think he wants to leave. Why would you want to stay in Columbus? It's interesting. All right, let's move on to another goaltender. But first, Wendy's Tim. Everybody loves food. I love food. Guess what? Wendy's has the bacon portabella mushroom melt. Shots on goal, goals against averages, power play goals. They can make or break your week. But don't overlook the bacon portabella mushroom melt from Wendy's. It's always there. It's dependable. It's reliable. So get the Wendy's. You can win weekly prizes, Wendy's daily face-off fantasy. It's pretty fun. It's only available in Canada, Tim. But that's okay. We've got a lot of Canadian listeners. Our U.S. people understand. Go to Wendy's. Sign up for Daily Faceoff Fantasy today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. And then get yourself a bacon portobello mushroom melt. It's fantastic. It's for a limited time only. If you miss it, you won't get a second chance. All right, moving on, Tim. Jeremy Swayman, Boston Bruins. He's not a happy camper either. Coming off, what is the – is it the Jennings Trophy the goaltender's winning for the best goals against? I can't remember what that trophy is. I don't the, remember either. Yeah, the goaltenders get a dual trophy. I remember they won it in Minnesota when I was there. It's pretty, pretty vague. But they 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 won for best goaltender duo. He won it. Him and Linus Allmark. What is he saying now in Boston, Tim? So Swayman was one of the um, final votes to the All Star game where the the fans voted people in. Um, and most of these guys, you know, there's, there's snubs every year, but most of these guys on the list were like, okay, this is the right. This is this is a good list. Um, so he's asked about being named an all-star 
and he brought up his arbitration case as part of his answer. <laughs> this is last year. Remember, he went to arbitration, yeah. signed the one-year extension, um, and he is up for you know negotiation again this coming summer. So he's asked about, hey, how's it feel to be an all-star? And part of his answer says, quote, after dealing with what I did last summer with, with arbitration, hearing things that a player should never hear, it feels pretty special to be in this situation. So you've talked quite a bit about over the years arbitration where you, it's how, how strange it is and awkward and uncom uncomfortable because you're on the same team, you want the same things, but you have different numbers in mind. And so the GM and the coach and the leadership of the organization has to go to the arbiter and say, he doesn't deserve this much. Here all the, here's everything that's wrong with him, right? Here's why he deserves two and a half, not four and a half. And the player has to do the opposite. And at the end of the day, you have to shake hands and go back about business. And that's really strange. It doesn't really exist that many places in business. Like the average person is not having a situation like that. You can ask for a raise and they say, hey, you're not ready yet for X, Y, Z. That's not what we're talking about here. It's way deeper. It's way more personal. Um, and obviously, it's stuck with him because he's not even asked about arbitration and he brings it up. And he says, quote, hearing things that a player should never hear. Is this, is Swayman salty about it? I mean, I'm sure that he is. Is this his way of saying, hey, Bruins, you're paying up this summer or I'm gone? This, is that it? It's a, well, yeah, it obviously stayed with him. The arbitration was how many months ago? And it, it, it stuck with them five, six months ago. It's, it's yeah. crazy that that's at the top of his head because he should be talking about how, you know, I'm playing good, but, you know, I got to thank my team and my defense. And, you know, they're, they're the real reason why I'm being voted in. They're do, making it easy for me to play. That's the cookie cutter answer. Sway just goes right in saying, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an all-star. What are we doing here, Cam Neely? Like, let's figure it out, Sweeney. So, him, this is like, this is really, really wild stuff for yeah. Boston Bruins to say that. Yeah, it's strange. And, and, and I don't want to paint the picture where the Bruins are the bad guys here um, because they're kind of oppositional in this scenario because they had to take them to arbitration. They had to be strict with the cap. You had a real tough cap situation. And Sweeney pretty much had to play hardball. Because um, if they if they ultimately agree to a long term deal this summer, which is what most likely happens, this is all water under the bridge. But this was this was uh, two opposing forces causing friction. It wasn't just the Bruins being the bad guy. But if you're a Bruins fan right now, listening or reading that tweet or hearing that response, are you nervous about this, or is this just is this just gameplay and negotiation and just the art of the deal type thing? No, I, I'm very nervous and mostly because of my cap situation. So when you look at your team, Olmark is up next year. So he's got one more year left. I think he makes $5 million. And then who's the, who's your future? It's Jeremy Swayman. He's 25 years old. He was drafted by the Bruins. He came up in the system. You're very familiar with him. You want this guy to be your long-term goaltender until he's 32, 33. That's an eight year runway. He's going to be up this year. So you want this guy locked in. So what does that look like? He He's obviously upset at the team. And what are these things that no player ever wants to hear? What could possibly be said in that room that stuck with this guy? That's what I want to know. Because it, you're trying to walk this tightrope if you're a GM. You bring your you know your notes, and we, we've heard it. Players have said it on our show. You bring a big binder, and you plead your case. And what is the case against Jeremy Swayman? Like I would lean on maybe lack of appearances. He's he's younger, but they're obviously saying things that are 
just going at his goaltending style, like he's not a good goaltender. If it stays with you that much, them just saying he's inexperienced wouldn't stick with him. So they're challenging his talent. They're saying he's a backup goaltender. That's what I think happened. I think they went in and they said, Jeremy is a talented goaltender, but he's not a 1A. He is a backup. He's a supplementary option, but we don't think he'll ever be a starter. Maybe not in those exact words, but I think that's the message they were trying to relay. So he should get paid like a backup gets paid and he shouldn't benefit from playing in front of this generational team, which set the record for the most points ever in the NHL. And so Swayman's sitting there listening to this going, okay, so you could just plug in anybody, whatever. And then fast forward to now, he's like, I'm, a, I'm an all-star, man. Kick rocks. Like, I, I, am, I am a good goaltender. So I, I think that's what happened, where they wanted him to stay in that backup role until Allmark's gone, and then they vault him up into the starter role. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. What a disaster it would be if you – if you lost both of them in the next two years, I, yeah. I don't really see that being any kind of likely scenario, but it's not a 0% chance. You know what I mean? Um, they should be fine. I mean, Allmark, I think will he'll either be traded next summer or, or the following year. And Swayman's your guy for the future. You're going to have to pay him a lot of money this, this coming summer and they'll be fine. There's a good chance More... they go to arbitration again this year. <sighs> yeah. Swayman's going to want, five, six million dollars. They don't have that money to spend. They're only losing like Grizzlick and uh, DeBrusque. Like they're only getting six, seven million dollars off the books and you still have to fill out this roster. So they're going to be, they're going to be in it this, this coming year for salaries. Like I I don't know how they make it work. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of un, un, unanswered questions with the Boston Bruins team. And don't look now, but they're, they're not exactly in a good spot position wise they're 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 okay i don't think they're gonna be there at the end but yeah the bruins tim i'm nervous i'm nervous let's for just let's just be clear about them being first in the atlantic they are first in the atlantic but first I, in I the think east the six gap, one and three in their the gap last used 10. to be about 10 points right now it's only three so yeah so. panthers have won they're nine and ten nine and one in their last 10 which is just a crazy run there's more goaltenders um, we need to talk about yeah one more here. So Samsonov, we mentioned the least already. He returned. Um, he went down to the AHL a couple of weeks ago for reassignment after we talked about this. Go back, you know, five or six episodes where he, even for a couple of days, he was like not skating with the Marlies. It was just a mental reset. And that's what it was for most of it. It was a mental thing. Um, so he came back. He started Sunday night, last night against Detroit. Lost. Um, he, he made 20 saves on 23 shots, which aren't like great numbers on the surface. Um, but he made some big saves and I watched the highlights of this game, like full split, like backdoor passes, just full extension. Um, and what's interesting about this is that he had the crowd chanting his name, which he was super appreciative of. Again, this is a guy who was just could not have been lower mentally in his confidence and his, in his reliance on his ability and all that. And he was just, he was just toast. He was gone. He was letting him beach balls. And so with his confidence totally shot, that meant a lot to him. Um, so his quote, he says, I love those guys. No secret for everybody. I love the fans. I love the city. I enjoy to play. I enjoy to be here every day. Thank you so much. It's amazing. He said that after a loss. You know what I mean? Like that's that carries a lot of weight for a guy that that was struggling so much. So it's possible. And they're hoping, obviously, and I don't know much of a runway he's going to get, but they're hoping that he has corrected himself and that this game last night 
was a step in the right direction and he can be back closer to what he was last year because the Leafs don't have much ability either in the cap or in trade capital to go out and get a replacement. Maybe it's Merz Lickens like we talked about, but their best case scenario is for Samson up to be that guy. And they're hoping that last night was a step toward that direction. Yeah. I think you nailed it. He has to be better. It's not Martin Jones. It's not Joseph Wall. Like he, he's not the answer. So it has to be Elio Samsonov. And if it's not him, it's just set it in the offseason. You have to address this situation. But instead of shoring up the back end, the goaltending situation, they went out and got Domi, Bertuzzi, Ryan Reeves. They re up Camp and Kale Yonkrock and spending all the money there and Klingberg. Klingberg and all these guys. And they went out and they really did a good job acquiring some talented players. But the back, the, the goaltender is just. It's always been an issue. I don't understand why these teams don't focus on that. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. It seems like every year that's the crux of their issue and it comes down to it. And then the goaltender always cracks in a critical situation. So this is probably a year or two ago um, when we talked about the Oilers at approaching a trade deadline. And you basically had made a point about like, you're you're a running gun team, so focusing too much on like getting better at goaltending or getting better at defense isn't going to help you because you're still not going to be good enough in those areas to win games. So lean yeah. into the fact that you're scoring. Try to win four to three every night, five to two, and like that's lean into that because if you don't, then you're basically um, ex- expending capital to an area that you still won't have any ability uh, advantage over your opponent. Right? Is that more or less the summary. And so I wonder if a little bit of that's here where they kind of spent more energy and focus adding to offense on a team that already had a top three offense in the league with Domi, with an offensive defenseman in in Klingberg. Like they really leaned in on that more than dealing with the issues that they've had, which has always been defense and goaltending. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And obviously that's what they're doing because they, but Samson, I played so good last year. So I, I can understand where they were coming from. They thought he was going to progress and be a better goaltender this year, but it's yeah. not working out. But at what point do you have to move on or is this what you go into the playoffs with? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like smart, smart coaching, smart managing. I, I just, it's above my pay grade, but Brad Trevealing will figure it out. He's a great GM. Fantastic. One of the best. All right, moving on Tim. what are we talking about next? When we get into our quick hits, which is always are brought to you by DoorDash. If you want easy food, go to DoorDash app, choose what you want, when you want it, and your items will be left at your doorstep. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Download the DoorDash app, use promo code NATION25, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms may apply. It's funny how our ads are either Canadian or American. Our food ones are (laughs) Canadian predominantly. We got Wendy's, though. That's a big get. Way more complicated than it should be, but it really is. Um, but it's fun. Yeah, it keeps it interesting. Couple right. injury What's going updates on with Patty here. Kane here? This is a sad one. It's scary. Yeah, he left the game last night uh, with a lower body injury, awkward collision with. Uh, gosh, I forget who, but um, the report is that it's not going to be too too serious. So it's going to be a matter of days. It's not a tear or a break or anything like that. It's going to be just probably just resting and rehabbing, and he should be back in the lineup inside a week or so just precautionary he had underwent massive hip hip replacement surgery so anytime there's maybe a little bump or any issue you just want to shut it down make sure everything's 100 percent healthy you can get back to work he's been he's been so good he's exceeded expectations on his comeback so i think the detroit red wings are going to do whatever they want with patrick kane if he says he's a little sore 
you give him a couple days because they can't afford to lose, lose him. If they have any chance of getting to the playoffs, it has to be with him at full speed. He's been so great for this team, and they're still losing, but they're, they're starting to come around, Tim. They're starting to come around. All right, what next? Capo Caco returned to the lineup after being injured for a few weeks. He has not had, I'm looking at his stats right now, he's played 21 games this year, including yesterday. Two goals, one assist, three points. Yeah. Not good enough. It's time to, you got to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not seeing any progress. It's not just not living up to expectations. It's like, you're taking step backwards. You know, you're not yeah. even plateauing. You're going downhill. So, um, but he's back from injury. So maybe that, that you know, rehabbing that could put put him on the right path. Played 16 minutes last night, no points. But again, you miss some time. Maybe you start to see a little bit of a turnaround here. Well, let's put the, you know, we focus on those two guys a lot. I said, if they have any chance of winning the New York Rangers, one of those guys has to step up. We talk about Kako not really producing. Alex Lafreniere is having a career year. He's playing fantastic. He's playing alongside, well, he was playing alongside Panarin and Trocek. I don't know how the line shuffling is now with um, Capocacco came back, but those three guys, they were playing fantastic. I, I've watched a lot of the Rangers games of late. Very, very solid line. Lafreniere, is, he's creative. He's moving around the ice really well. Him and Panarin seem to work great. Trocek is a good, solid defensive centerman who can play offense too. But yeah, he's... He's got 26 points at 42 games, so he's not lighting it up, but he'll get a career high in points this year. If he hits 50, it'll be a good season for him. So hopefully we're starting to see that guy we saw in the QMHL just put up crazy amounts of numbers in Ramuski. So I don't know. We're seeing a glimpse of what he could be, Tim. That's what, we, that's what I've been asking for. So if he can continue this, I think the Rangers are a legit Stanley Cup threat. Yeah, Lafreniere, got, he's still with Trocek and Panarin. And Capococco actually got a shot last night in the first line with Zibanejad and Kreider. So I don't know how long we'll stick with that. But well, Lafreniere like, has- they brought Wheeler in. They thought he was going to be the answer to kind of round out those top two lines. It's it's Wheeler's having a up and down year. See, who did he fight the other day? He fought someone tough. Was it Jared Tenorti? I want to well, feel like know. he dropped the mitts with like a big tough. It might have been Tenorti from Chicago where Tenorti's not a tough guy, but he's big. But yeah, if Kako, they need to find somebody to play with Kreider and Zubinijad. That's the issue they're having right now in New York. So we'll see what happens yep. there. Um, the Minnesota Wild activated Philip Gustafson from the IR. He went down around the same time as Kaprizov did about two weeks ago. So he's back, and they reassigned goaltender Jesper Wallstead to the AHL. I tell you what, if I'm a goaltender and I, like I'm trying to maintain good numbers, do I even want to come back and play for the Minnesota Wild? <laughs> yeah. Because and I got I got raked over the coals for this about two months ago. I said this is not a good team. This and it's not not their fault at all. You can't put a good team together consistently year after year when you're you're playing with fourteen fifteen million dollars less. And so add on top of that all these injuries, all these guys are off the books. Like they're icing a team that makes what forty million dollars. It's crazy. So the poor Minnesota Wild Gustafson's going to come back and he's just going to get shelled. It's just not fair for them right now. They're just, they can't compete, Tim. They can't. You feel bad for this guy. But yeah, Matt, he's probably just sitting there on the IR like, yeah, you know, it's a little, it's it's a little tight. It's clicking. I, I can't come back just yet. Wait till I get Kaprizov and Zuccarello and all these guys back. And then I'll, then I'll come back. Then we have a chance to win. The oh, last wow. one here is a, is a signing, uh, which a contract extension, which people are kind of scratching their heads at. Nick Foligno, two-year extension. That part makes sense. $4.5 million per. That's a lot of money. Now, obviously, this is Connor Bedard. This is Connor Bedard's safety net, and I wouldn't expect him to play on Bedard's line. 
for those two full years or even next year. You know, it depends on what the, the lineup looks like and how much Bedard progresses. But um, obviously, he gets along really well and he's getting either on and off the ice. He's, he's a big part of the, Bedard's development. So they value that quite a bit, giving him $9 million over two years. This is a big deal. Like, this is almost his career high in salary. He made 5.5 in Columbus when he signed his big ticket when he was 25. You know, 10 years yeah, ago, you signed that deal. Yeah. So this is more to do with the intangibles that he's bringing to the table. Yes, he's producing. He's putting up some decent points. He has 17 points in 39 games. So not outrageous, but he does all the little things really, really well. He's well-respected in that locker room. He has taken that role as the veteran, and he just ran with it. He, he has actually said, he's on record saying, playing in Boston was the toughest two years of my life. He was unsure of his role. He was in another lineup. He was playing less than five minutes a game some nights. He didn't know where he fit in that roster. Yes, it was exciting to win, but he didn't feel part of the team. So he comes to Chicago, a team that's expected to lose. He's having he's having fun. He's rejuvenated his career. He really is the the voice in that room. So they're rewarding him. I like this. They're they're giving him money and they they're paying him for the stuff. That actually matters for Connor Bedard, the off the ice stuff, teaching him how to be a good pro, molding him so he could be a, a good professional in 10, 15, 20 years, however long his career is. So good for them. Kyle Davidson is doing this the right way. A lot of times you want to just throw talent around him and hopefully it sticks and just have some skill guys. A lot of hockey is away from the rink. So if you surround guys with players who maybe have bad tendencies and bad habits, Bedard will pick that up and it'll affect him. So you you want to have players who you can look up to and you can kind of take things from, and that's what Nick Foligno is. They thought that's what Corey Perry was too. Didn't work out. By the way, where do you is he? Gonna, how long until he signs? Is it end of January? He's going to wait till February with Corey Perry. What do you think, Tim? Uh, that's a good question. I kind of forgot. I'm going to say yeah by the end of the month. I can't hear you, Tim. You can't hear me. Now I hear you. What'd you say? I said by the end of the month he'll he'll sign. You think by the end of January? I think he'll wait a little bit. Let the smoke clear just a little bit more. Say where teams are, maybe with 30 games left, 20 games left, then he'll sign. But yeah. Anyways, anything else, Tim, we're talking about? Well, it's Martin Luther King Day, and so there's a lot of uh, games today, including six afternoon games. Noon, one, three, six, seven. There's games all day long, so I'll be watching hockey for the rest of the day. Was Martin Luther King Jr. a big hockey fan? <laughs> I don't know. He might have been. That's why they're all his game. I think it's... He probably was. And there might be like another team so. in Atlanta. Third time around. Third time's a charm. They're working on that. Which is so smart because you know the old saying, if it doesn't work twice, try it again. Third time it's going to work. Third time's a charm. I read an article about it that proved why it actually was a good idea. And I forget who wrote it and what the argument was, but it made sense at the time. And I was like, huh, I never thought of that. But I'll see if I can dig that up and next time we talk about it. You know what the funny thing about the internet is? You can find an article to prove your point on anything, on any side you want. I can yeah. find another article that says Atlanta is a terrible place to move a team. So that's how Wikipedia the internet is. is the best thing ever because anyone could put anyone they, anything they want <clears throat> about any subject. So you know you're getting the best possible information. Yeah. Michael Scott. Yeah. Do you ever like fact check anything? Like it's just why do you think Atlanta? It has a big population base. I get it. But it's failed when two times. When's the last time. time you looked at your Wikipedia page? Every morning. Like five minutes? No, like years ago. I don't know. I never look at it. Why would I? Yeah. Does it say fun stuff? I don't know. Who cares? All right, everybody. 
Thanks for listening to us. We appreciate the support. Go to Give Better. Download that app. Give us some support. We would appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 